It has been two years since the trade galaxy was shaken to its core by the actions of a single, mismatched, multi-species crew. Whatever you think of the heroes of Yentao, also known as the Space Squad, one thing is certain. All eyes are watching for whatever they do next. Last time in the Maelstrom Galaxy, you made it through a gauntlet of dance machines and not-so-holographic combat, only to find yourselves facing up to some very real capital C consequences. We pick up a week later, on the eve of the Festival of New Beginnings, but while the rest of the city is gearing up for the fun to begin, the five of you are about to have your evenings gate-crashed by something much more serious. It's raining. Outside, the city of New Anilu is slick and glittering, its streets flooded with bright reflections and colourful umbrellas and stifling humidity. But inside the hover cab, the air is dry and cool. It's a beautiful vehicle, purring steadily beneath you as it jets northwards out of the tiered delve hollow and towards the spires and towers of high cups. The buildings rise, and so do you, pushing back into your seats as the hover cab noses its way into the waterlogged sky. You saw past a large yellow crane bristling with red lights and cut a wide arc around the flank of a part-built financial hub. Does everyone remember who their target is? Yes. Um, I know you said no in the first place, but are we sure we don't want, like, to cast any, like, protective magic on ourselves before we go in? I think we need to go into this showing trust. I mean, they wouldn't know if we had a spell cast on us. You don't know that they wouldn't. That's true. Maybe there's magic detection. Some of these people are pretty powerful. I think they would know. That is fair. And ultimately, if you're worried, like, we're not going to be the most disliked people at this meeting, so it's fine. I'll make a change. Finally, the hover cab levels out, up at the crown of the city, with nothing beside you except for the tip of its tallest and youngest building, and a few sodden scraps of cloud. You glide to a halt. You've stopped over a jutting metal deck, and standing on it beneath a shared grey umbrella are two humans. One, an older black woman with a regal tilt to her head and shoulder-length silver twists, is wearing a smart black jacket over a plum button-up shirt. The other, a very tall South Asian woman in an immaculately arranged orange sari, offers the five of you a restrained wave as the hover cab comes to a stop and the door locks pop open. What do you do next? Get out. (laughs) Yeah. Of course. And in as elegant way as possible. I'm gonna cast control water so we don't get wet. Nice. Brilliant. So you guys exit the cab. Lorelei throws up her hands and a dome of sparkling raindrops forms above your heads. Now, Schlepp, you said gracefully. I'm curious. What are you guys? Are you guys wearing anything special for this event? <laughs> yeah. I mean, Schlepp's gotten dressed up. So they're wearing a skirt, dark blue, but with like kind of glimmering stars in it with LED, a pale coloured short sleeved button up, and I'm gonna go with bow tie. How about the rest of you? Lorelei is wearing probably silver and white horn jewellery, and then decided to go without wearing any clothes and just put on pigment. Corel is actually wearing something. Oh, <gasps> what's Corel wearing? Give us the deep. Corel is actually wearing their official cultural ambassador 
sash. Ooh, a sash. I was thinking orange with a few sort of insignia built into it. There's obviously the insignia of the new colony itself, but there's also the insignia of the roving as it was. They're sort of meshed together in a pattern, reflecting the sort of cooperation that exists in New Analu at the moment. And there's just little bits, there's a little bit of gold edging along it as well. Very fancy. So fancy. Yep. This is, this is what Corel wears to things like this. Because they do do things like this and they don't just have a desk job. (laughs) (laughs) Faraday is wearing a burgundy red suit with a tie. Crick's look is, is not as exciting as all of these. He's wearing a tuxedo and he's got a bow tie, but, um... He's wearing his captain's boots Ooh. as a slight rebellion against the fanciness of the dinner. As you step out of the vehicle, Crick, uh, the South Asian woman, a, an old friend of yours, in fact, Tasha Khalid of the UEF, the United Earth Fleet, smiles down at your shoes and then says, nice shoes, Mitch. I cleaned them specially for the event. She raises an eyebrow. Well, excuse me if I don't believe you. Is is this a is this a fancy dinner or is this a put Mitchell on blast dinner? Why can't it be both? She says, and then she kind of fondly pats your stubble cheek and tucks her hand into the crook of your arm. And as Tasha kind of goes to lead Crick in indoors, the other human woman turns to Faraday, gestures down at her like plum button up, and then at Faraday's suit and just goes, "I wasn't aware we'd be coordinating." Well, I guess growing up under your influence, I picked up a few things. I'm hoping that some of the stuff I learned from you is going to come in handy tonight. I'm sure you'll do me proud, just like you always do. Thanks, Mom. And Rosemary Lewis, Faraday's mother and the UEF's deputy ambassador, spreads her arms to the rest of you, including Crick, and just says, I hope you all have a lovely evening. I will be here all night. If you need help, blink three times. Lorelei just sort of shifts her hands and makes a rainless tunnel back to the door. That sounds gorgeous. And I'm assuming the group of you head along this glittering tunnel and into the menu. So you head through this tunnel of frozen rain and into an elaborate arrivals drinks. It's very quiet so far. These are the Tasha and Rosemary as they lead you in. Uh, You see that there are three other people currently here. Um, In terms of people, I'm talking about important delegates. There are also some waiters, very smartly done up a pelter and fluine with bow ties and really neatly polished chitin. There is a large circular table with a beautiful fine cloth laid over it and platters upon platters of tiny, pristinely laid out uh, starters and tasters and hors d'oeuvres. Who's catering? You do see a business card with the italicized font saying umamels along with a like a separate section which is specifically like for a pelton diets because all of those lovely pastries are good until they make corel's tummy very sad mm. <laughs> there's like a, a low background burble of classical plumine music so like whistling and humming and the waiters are currently like on standby along the sides of the room uh, in terms of the other i mentioned three important figures uh Ulial of the new colony is here and a few meters from him, standing close together, are two Pluene. 
One is familiar to you, the kind of rugged, scuffed up, scruffy outline of Lyra Soroya, for once without her sword, and with her is a stooped, wizened little plumine with pale grey feathers and bright yellow eyes. Are these all new colony Apelta serving? Yes, they all have the red diamond on their foreheads that marks them as being from the new colony. I think before, while sort of moving towards where Uriel is, Grell is sort of stopping to say say hello to everyone here. I think a couple of them recognize you. One of them is like, oh, hi, and just Aww. is a little bit overcome by it. Keep up the good work. And I just grab something off their tray. <laughs> uh, it is a tiny steak cut into the shape of a star. Ooh. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Look, it's important to remember that Corel is... Is a is a giant bug person. <laughs> Lorelei walks straight up to Liar and Lyra. As you walk up to them, Lyra kind of nods at you and is like, Alright. Uh yes, hello. Good evening. Um, it's good to see you again. And I don't believe I've had the pleasure. It's uh Lorelei Wide Wanderer. The plumbing kind of looks you up and down like Lorelei Wide Wanderer scowls even more deeply and holds out a hand to you. I feel like this might be a test. Do I know if the Pluin shake hands or they just do a, our hands are near each other, we make a symbol kind of thing? Roll me as you know biology check. 22. Amazing. Uh, you know that they do not shake hands, but what they will do is kind of align their hands towards one another as if, like, as if miming touching hands. I do that. She nods very gravely and then lowers her hand to her side and her scowl lifts a fraction. And then she says, I am Vulisi Arel of the Chorus. What an auspicious night we have found ourselves in. Quite. Um, although it would be nice if the weather was a little better. Back on Omanu, we would say that the rain would expose the true nature of things. It does tend to wash away any... Face paint anyone's wearing. <laughs> you are not one for sayings and... I am. I'm just... This is a little more than I'm used to. This is true. Though, these starters are so nice. They do look good. Um, Would you like a refill to your drink or any more? No, no, no. And she puts a hand over her champagne flute and then she says, I am... Staying sober until the rest of our guests arrive. A wise choice. And then Lyra kind of leans over and just goes, Did Faraday tell you to come talk to her? Yeah. I mean, you're always a joy, Lyra. You impress me with your mere presence, but yes. And Lorelei sort of smiles and points at them. <laughs> as you confess that, uh, we're going to jump to Corel as Corel comes up on Ulial. Corel. Uliel? I am glad that you accepted my invitation. I admit to being concerned that you would not. Um, why, why would you uh, say that? You know exactly why. I will not pretend not to have my reservations and strong opinions on dealings with, with the Empire, but... I have been advised to trust people, and 
You are one of the first people I would choose to trust. It is greatly appreciated. I am excited for tomorrow, for the festival, for trying something new. But first, we must navigate this dinner. Ilial lifts his head and looks out towards the rain. Krell follows Uyal's gaze. Uh, you see another hovercab arriving out on the deck. Beside you, Uliel just kind of fidgets his hands. Uh, as Lorelei notices that out of the corner of her eye, she flicks her hand again and makes sure there's a tunnel for them to walk through. Uliel notices this and like shoots you a grateful look. What do the rest of you do as this cab comes to a halt on the deck outside? I think while everyone's been doing things, I've been texting Preeshi to see where she is. Because <laughs> I don't know anyone here apart from my friends. They're all off doing other things, so... Schlup, if you text Preeshi, she immediately texts you back saying, get off your phone. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> stop looking at space Instagram and mingle. If you don't stop using that phone, I'm going to take it away from you, Schlup. No. Lorelei, <laughs> oh, the... The Pluine that you're talking to, like, leans towards you, like, eyeing this kind of, like, eyeing Schlurp going mad on their phone and, and Crick just kind of quietly trying to tell them off and leans over and is just like, well, at least Zunite would be interesting. Uh, yes, I'm, this is a completely uncharted territory for, um, our youngest member. This is uncharted territory for all of us tonight. I'm... Letting myself be quietly hopeful. Can I tell you a secret? Always. I am doing the same thing. She tucks her hand into the crook of your elbow and is like, Now, if you haven't tried one of the starters yet, might I show you my favourites? And she steers you towards the buffet. As outside, the taxi cab lands and then opens its door. And an Araswati swings their legs out and then stands, uh, looking appreciatively up at the tunnel of rain. Uh, this Araswati is tall and has sandy gold fur and long, straight black horns like an oryx. Uh, their head is kind of festooned by a delicate web of pearls, which is appropriate given that before ascending to become High Chair of the Araswati Intergalactic Seeing, Buratima Deftans first rose to prominence as the galaxy's greatest jeweler. How tall is a tall Araswati? I'd say Buratima is close to four feet tall. And with the horns, like the tip of their horns is up at five and a half. Okay. So they are, this is a big Araswati. They're very leggy. Buratima shuts the door behind themselves and then walks with head held high in towards the venue. And you see them shake hands with Ulial. And then out on the deck, you see three more vehicles arrive in a, like all together at once and then begin to land as well, even as Buratima's car takes off. And then there are more guests. The second guest comes like unfolding out of their car, a towering coral and pink Namazir with a pointed face and four graceful hands. This is Okuashir Nayentao Nazarel, the recently elected president of the reformed Kanzir. And she carries her head proudly, even as Lorelei, both Lyra and Valisi narrow their eyes and hiss quietly. After the Namazir, comes a familiar face. Uh, Blue-grey and partly hidden behind enormous circular glasses 
is Prisha Chainbreaker. Schlep, your adoptive mother and old friend to the rest of you who kind of offers you all like this nervous flash of a smile as she kind of follows a cushier into the into the building, like kind of half hidden behind their bulk. I give her a thumbs up. Oh, she kind of does you a, like gives you a teeny little wave and then starts to kind of weave her way in your direction without looking too much like she's fleeing. <laughs> Another taxi cab door opens and two more figures step out into the rain. They, like the Namazir, are tall. Their chitin shines like glass from the rainwater. They are two a pelter. One is a suitor, a very small example of his caste, maybe even Faraday's height. The other is a gargantuan soldier who almost has to like bend herself in half to fit in through the doorway as she comes in from outdoors. The suitor is in swirling face paint and cloud-like pale silks, and the soldier is wearing a fine coat of armour made from knitted triangular plates. Neither of them bears the red diamond of the new colony. They are Yorowal Atani Alren and Mawasek Atani Alrenu of the Apelton Empire, beloved servants of Archqueen Anaset of the Great Principate, and as they enter you see Vulisi and Lyra's feathers stand on end, before Volusi very deliberately and slowly turns her back. Um, on that note, can can I roll to see if Corel maintains their composure in this moment? Yeah, wisdom, wisdom save. That is a five. Just to be clear, Corel's trying, but yeah, Yorowal pauses, and Mawasek, who is obviously Sentless's guard pauses behind him and like as this is as Valisi like turns her back on them both Yorowal stops sweeps his gaze around the room and for a second locks eyes with you Karel Karel glares Yorowal stares back very coolly and then resumes his walk into the room bending his head towards Uliol before heading towards the drinks table now you might be expecting my next words to be what do you do next? You're all free now. Have fun. Uh, but there's still one more arrival, and it's not one that you were warned about. A slash of gold sh shifts just beyond the doorway. You see a tall, dark collar on a long Araswati neck. You see towering metal-capped horns, their colour brilliant against the grey, rainy evening. And then the figure turns and exposes a grey furred face with a pale pink nose. Seeing this face, Lorelei, her eyes go wide. She looks back round to Valisi and says, um, I'm afraid I must go greet our surprise arrival. Um, may I return to your side in a moment? Of course. I will wait expectantly. Um, Lorelei smiles, uh, detaches herself, and goes straight up to the door. He saunters up to you and says, Hey, cuz. Funny way to meet again after, what, five years? If she was in the doorway, is he still just outside? Yeah. Deliberately, Lorelei drops concentration. Ah! Oh, come on, Lars! And then she literally just, like, jumps at him. And he picks you up because he's quite a bit taller than you. And then he drops you back on the ground. And as he kind of pulls away from you, you see that his smart dinner jacket has a golden V embroidered on the left lapel. 
I just put my one of my fingers directly on his lapel and I'm like, seriously, you don't tell us you're alive and you're doing this. Hey, like, it pays well. I've got a pension plan and I'm important. <sighs> Greggy, you were always important. Yeah, but now I'm Gregamy Fire Spitter and I'm like Tali's prize racer. The king returns! (laughs) (laughs) Do you know how much money I, like, make on an average day? It would make grandma's little head spin. Maybe not so much anymore. Do you know how much money I make on an average day? Yeah, I heard about Wide Wanderer's Tip Leaf. An entirely legal operation. Thank you very much. Yeah, now, maybe. Shh. You shush. Uh, you need to go say hello to everyone. Oh shit! Um, and he looks up, like his shit still ringing in the air, and I feel like everybody is just staring at this happening. Lorelei whips around with the pigment, since she also got wet, it's just sort of smudged all over her at this point. Introducing my long lost cousin, Gregory Firespitter, prized racer. Of Tali Goldenhorn. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, hey, Gregory. He just shoots you the dirtiest look. I push Gregory towards this line of very important people and I whisper, Be good. How do you keep knowing all the people that we ran into and don't like us? <laughs> um, well, it turns out. A lot of them came from Chorus and then forgot to tell us they were alive. Gregory winks at you. Corel was not in a good frame of, of mind. They thought they had a handle on things and then they didn't. And they know they should be going to talk to the the Kansia president right now. But first they need to go and have a word with Gregamy. <laughs> okay, uh, Gregamy is currently talking to Ulial, so you head over towards them. What's your walk up to them like? Is it a bit of a march? It's purposeful. Uh, as Ulial sees you coming, he kind of holds his hands, like, he kind of subtly tries to hold his hand up a little bit, and he says, Now, Corel, I understand that Mr. Firespitter here was not on the briefing document I sent, but he was a last-minute addition. Indeed. And Gregamy kind of gives you this almost bored look and then just goes, Hey, ex-boss. Hello, (laughs) ex-employee. So, I really thought you were supposed to be making a go of it, legitimately. Hmm? Uh, I never said anything like that, ex-boss. I thought you were going to be a racer. I am a racer. But, uh... (laughs) Indicate to the V. Not perhaps entirely legitimately, hmm? He folds his arms at you and says, Just because the Corsairs are the Corsairs doesn't mean they don't have genuinely skilled people. Didn't say anything about the skill. Just the, uh, moral fibre. Oh yeah, moral fibre. How much of a cut did you take from half the work I did from you again? Even though you were never there? I seem to recall reimbursing you when you left. Oh, I don't remember anything about that. Really? Because I feel like you almost extorted it out of me at the time. No, I just, I don't remember anything. He taps, he, he taps his nose, 
his little velvety Araswati nose and he adopts this really innocent expression and he just goes... Can I roll inside just to see just how much bullshit is going on with Gregory here? Uh, 23. He's definitely bullshitting you, but he's banking on this room full of important people, keeping your hands somewhat tied. I'm sure you have your own reason to be fair, but I have... I have someone more important I should be talking to. And I... And uh, Corel makes to leave without saying anything else. Uh, Gregamy kind of watches you go for a couple steps, but then he can't resist calling after you. And um, he says, Who are you walking towards? The Namazir? Yeah. Oh, perfect. He says, Oh, I'm sorry. Am I getting in the way of you talking to Daddy? <gasps> Let me check something. <laughs> has it has it been less than ten minutes since we arrived? Yes, it's been about eight minutes. Okay. Um, does Gregory have a glass in his hand? Yes. Lorelei controls water, and the the glass uh, contents of the glass is now all over his face. He splutters and like folds in half. Lorelei walks over and uh, walks past Corel. Says, "I believe I'm the only one who can get away with fucking with him." To this evening I'm so sorry <sighs> thank you walks over to Gregory and just what part of be good do you not understand they were like calling me an extortioner person have you met you yeah I'm cool <laughs> 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 Stars give me strength. <sighs> okay. Uliel, so nice to see you. He's just kind of looking down at both of you with like a, a deep frown. And then he looks at Gregory, leans in very slowly. And then he goes, Do not make me regret inviting you. To which Gregory blinks through the driplets and droplets of alcohol and then kind of squeezes your arm really hard, Lorelei, and just kind of makes this tiny squeaking noise. Corel, have you reached your Namazir? Yes. Their barbels kind of waver and they bow their head at you and then they say, whatever was that about? A former employee who's gone bad. <laughs> Worse, I suppose. Not worth dwelling on, Your Excellency. Uh, their barbels curl like they're obviously pleased by the title. I'm a Kuashir, but I believe you already knew that. Can I ask a question? Yes. So this is the reformed Kanzia. Yes. But I, I imagine there are still some holdovers from the priest. I'm just wondering, does Karel know a Kuashir from... The old days. Could you roll me a history check with advantage? 17. Akuashir is a very old figure in the Kanzir and among the Namazir. Uh, she's pushing 200 years old, so is getting up to the top end of a Namazir lifespan and is very, it's showing on her body. Akuashir was and has been an important figure throughout a lot of the Kanzir's history. But you don't know her personally because she's never been like in a leadership position. 
she's always been considered a bit of a radical and has been kept like backbench, basically being kept as a backbencher for most of her political career. Did she have a stance on the new colony back when it was in its previous location? She voted against the Appelton refugees that would later become the new colony being allowed to settle, but it was because she didn't agree that it should be under Namazir control. Just as Gregory's last barb w- was really stuck in Krell's mind for a moment, but give that information, they sort of bring themselves back. This is not the old regime, this is not the one with the problematic history. Akushia looks you up and down. I think we're all aware that we're here for a purpose. So what is it that you want from me? I hope that uh, the Namazir and the Apelter of the New Colony can make a fresh start after previous unpleasantness. Big words. That's my purpose here, I suppose, to say the big words. She kind of laughs to herself and then she looks out across the room at all these ridiculously important and auspicious people and she says you know i feel dreadfully out of place here is that so give me a stack of paperwork and some documents to sign and i'm happy this gallivanting around is really not my style but i'm glad it's me doing it and not my previous managers shall we say if the right people aren't doing these unpleasant jobs, then the wrong people are doing them. <laughs> she nods, and then she offers you one of her four hands to shake. Do Namazir shake? I didn't think Namazir shook. I thought Namazir bowed. Namazir don't typically shake hands, and as you kind of look down at it in surprise, you can see that there's a scrap of paper folded into her palm. Okay. Krill goes for the hand. Uh, she shakes it and presses something small into your hand. Corel takes a very quick peek at the scrap of paper. It's a ri- handwritten message, and it says, I don't trust the Empire either. Corel closes their hand again and puts it away. Word of D&D? Want to try something else? Why not check out Control Group? We test systems so you don't have to. Using our patented mini-campaigns along with one-shots, we test how far you can stretch systems with our unique ideas and broad storytelling. Our mission statement is to give a voice to those not often heard in the TTRPG community. So whether it be a system you've never heard of, or our testers being people of color, people on the LBGTQIA spectrum, we want to make sure our stories are broad, vast, and told from different perspectives. So whether you want classic role-playing or just big goofs, come listen to us try out systems, some of which we've even made ourselves. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts, or head over to controlgrouppod.com. That's CTRL, just like the key on the keyboard. There you can find the systems we test, along with easily accessible PDFs. So check us out if you're into Monster of the Week, Passion de los Passiones, Song of Fire and Ice, Blazers and Feelings, Gunsight, Void Worlds, Wizards and Wands, Stranded, Interstitial, The Last Shonen, and so much more! So, your ambassadorship. It's a nice party? Mm, It's kind of dull, to be honest, but that's a given. 
everybody's so worried about offending each other and she kind of leans closer to you and points and as she points across the room you can see Valisi and Lyra having like a, a hushed but fast conversation as they keep glaring at the Felton Empire representatives and she goes I know Ulial is trying to do something good here but these are big walls to wear down yes um it hasn't we've had a rough start i think i should uh i should i should speak in a more refined way for this event i'm just kind of talking the way i would to uh you've known me for a very long time though mitch i'm never going to think twice about it and as long as there's no and she looks around and makes a show of looking exaggeratedly around herself she's like as long as there's no one in earshot i don't really mind about all the fanciness you've been to loads of these with me back in the day just because you're not my bodyguard anymore doesn't mean you've lost your touch. No, no, that's 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 true. How is it being um head of the the UEF, being being a dame, or all this? You've 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 gone so much further than when we were uh, working together. It's amazing. Well, it's gotten a lot more exciting now that humanity actually has a chance of doing some some interesting stuff. The somewhat chaotic situation the Kanzir have found themselves in through no influence of your own has allowed us to seize several opportunities that were close to us before and for that we're I'm certainly very grateful I'm I'm sure the old guard would be more reserved with their words but and she kind of stops for a second and then she lowers her champagne flute and she says Mitch yes they said that you could come back. <laughs> she kind of shakes her head and touches your arm and she says, I know, I know things didn't end well between you and the top brass, but Mitch, you're, you're closing in on 60. You'd get medical, you'd get a pension. There's so much about pensions in this podcast. Pensions are important! I know! Pensions are very important. Welcome to being a millennial. (laughs) This is what we fantasize about. It would be a a good deal. I'm not saying you have to say yes, and obviously feelings are hard, and things didn't end well, and... The The answer is no. I don't want... I'm not trying to start an argument with you. Especially because I trust you, even if I don't trust them. Individual benefits to me wouldn't erase being part of an organization that was so morally compromised and has not done anything to repent for that. That uh, Rejoining would be almost like a, an acknowledgement that things are okay between me and the UEF and then they're not. They're not. What about Lena? What about Lena? Mitch, I know she's alive. They suspect. That's how I found out. They think she's out there. And the reason they're looking is... She could go home. Again, this is not a decision for now. But I just wanted to make you aware. And she kind of squeezes your arm gently and says, Please don't shoot the messenger. No, I know. That's why I didn't... That's why I said I didn't want to start and... I, I appreciate what you're doing with them. And it's a lot better than it was because of you. So She bows her head and she says, Well, with that out of the way, 
I'm going to go get a top up. And then she looks at you very, very sternly and she goes, I expect that you and your friends have got some, there's some reason for us all being here tonight and it isn't just Uliar. Uh, you would be right. Well, I look forward to finding out what it is. I am not even going to wait and see if anyone else approaches the Empire first. I'm just going to take a bold move and... There's no, like, visible surprise on their faces, but they're completely, like, stony masked just watching you come, and they let you come to them. Would I know from Corel like, the best way to approach? Ooh, do you think Corel would know? The sense I got is that for most of Corel's life, for various political reasons, knowledge of empire customs were not taught. Also, Corel wouldn't think about being polite. You may know from Tamal if you ever asked him about it, if you mm. feel like you would have done. Yeah, I feel like I want to be prepared. Uh, in which case, you know that the formal greeting for an appellator is work well, and then you go brother or sister. Oh, work well, work well is something that the new colonies still yes. do, I think. But the Appelton Empire does it in Tekkit, so they say Sepika. Yeah, I don't think Faraday can speak Tekkit. So. <laughs> <laughs> Good evening, work well, brother and sister. The two incline their heads towards you. I'm Dr. Faraday Zenith Lewis. I know it's always... You know, it's difficult at these things when you don't really know anyone, so thought I'd come over and be the first. The suitor says, That's uh, really kind um, of you. So I'm just going to get this out, out there, and I'm pretty sure you know that everyone here has ulterior motives. Obviously, I have ulterior motives, you have ulterior motives. But I kind of feel that after the whole, you know, us stopping your Queen Herit's compulsion gift being used to topple the galaxy. I feel like we might as well just be honest with each other. He blinks at you and then is like okay. So here's what I want. I would like to continue our allyship. You're not shooting us out of the sky. You know, kind of thing that we've got going on because I recognize and sympathize with your queen that it could be really hard being the only person who's holding something terrible back from happening to other people he blinks again and then just goes you uh, mentioned an allyship and then was that a threat no oh uh god no you think i'd threaten anaset oh my god he laughs at that and says i mean people do it all the time <laughs> Sounds daft, but okay. Empire politics, you know how it is. A little bit of bloodshed before breakfast. And then he kind of seems to catch that he's opening up a bit and he go, he like folds himself in again and it's just like, hmm. So, that's what I want. I'm going to ask you what you want and why you're here. But also, um, just a quick question. We were traveling somewhere recently and there was the most interesting mural. It was of an Apelta? He shakes his head in confusion and just goes, I mean... Where was the mural? Was it on Zarel or something? No, like this dust planet, Yamaten. He... Ooh, roll me an insight check. I got a seven. There's like a flicker of something on his face for a second. You don't pass what it means. Eh, that's fine. I mean, I don't know all of the Earth tales anyway. So, why are you guys here? 
us, um, you do see him very clearly glance at the soldier he's with, like up at her. And then he says, um, we're here because we have something of a reputation in the trade galaxy. And that reputation is causing a lot of unnecessary suffering. Okay, so might I recommend you work out what it is that you need and it needs to be something that only the chorus can give you. Why Why the chorus? If you want to take steps to undo this reputation, that's where you need to start. I look at my watch. I recommend you come up with something pretty quick, your majesty. He blinks at you. I'm not looking at him. Lorelei drags Gregory over to Valisi and Lyra, positions herself and Gregory so they're looking towards where the Kansir and the Empire are so that Valisi and Lyra don't have to look at them. Um, and I'm like, hello again. I would like to personally introduce my cousin, Gregory Firespitter, prized racer. I look at Gregory like questioningly. He nods enthusiastically. Of Tully Goldenhorn and the Golden Corsairs. Valisi turns her head towards you and then looks disdainfully at Gregory and she goes, I know who this one is. I whip around my head to Gregory and I'm like, what did you do? I don't know. Uh, yes, your chorus ship? The correct term would be the high chair of the seeing. Not, not, not the seeing. Not the seeing. Who am I? I'm Lucy. Songmaster of the chorus. Madam Songmaster, on behalf of my very large family, apologize for the actions of my cousin and would like to make you aware that until he arrived this evening, I was not aware that he was alive. Mm-hmm. You will uh, pay the debt he owes me for driving his racing spaceship through the penthouse of my apartment on Azalea. I look at Gregory and I'm like, okay, well, credit chip. Gregory, credit chip. No, no, I don't have it. Lorelei opens her eyes wide and looks at him. Hey, fine. And he just slowly grip, like hands you his credit chip. And how much might that be? She names an ob- obscene figure. Can I do an insight check? Yes. That's a three, but plus ten is thirteen. Yeah, he owes her every fucking penny of that. How about we make an upfront payment now and then work out a payment plan first thing tomorrow morning? She smiles and says, that sounds wonderful. So, with that dealt with, uh, how are you finding the evening? It puts some things into perspective to see all of these people in one place. An entire galaxy in the palm of their hands. I think the nerves have died down. I'm mostly just intrigued at this point. I understand. And she kind of points towards the Namazir and then to the Apelta, and she just says, I am finding it quite funny myself how similarly 
they are being treated for all of their differences and their many wars. They are both shunned now. Sometimes it's very nice for me and my friends to not be the most disliked group in the room. Ah, yes. The reputation of the space squad. We genuinely try our best, and I hope that comes across in not only my demeanour, but what we do. However well it is executed, the people you have helped are thankful. And then she squeezes your hand and she says, if you ever need anything, we will be there for you. So, Schlepp, your target, I think, was Buratima. Yeah. Deft hands of the seeing. Uh, Buratima is kind of watching and surveying the buffet. Roll me an insight check. 15. Okay, with a 15, you can 100% tell that Buratima is kind of investigating the buffet, but is totally using it as a way to keep a side eye on the Appellant Empire. They approach Buratima and they make a coughing noise. Ah, you are the one who drew the short straw. I don't see how this is, how it's a short straw. I mean, from a distance, I've been admiring your jewelry. It looks lovely. She looked just a little curtsy with her, with her skirt. They, their markings like flash up delighted and then they kind of glance over again at the empire and, and kind of lean towards you a little bit and just go, so how do you think that's going to end? Do you just mean at this dinner? I don't know. I haven't been to a lot of these kind of events. Listen, one of the key things to think about when you come to this kind of event is never showing that you have never been to this kind of event before. Oh, right. Failed step one. That is all right. I only went to my first event one of this kind two years ago. It was an embarrassment. Okay, well, if I can avoid that, I guess that's good. I hope they have avoided that so far. You have. Uh, you are Schlup, yes? Uh, yes, Schlup uh, Ruth. And you are Biratima Deftans. Yes, well done. Uh, high chair of the Singh and one of the grand jewelers of Sarasa, as you've noticed before. These are all mine, and they kind of flare out their fingers, and you can see the beautiful cut gems glittering. They look amazing. Thank you. What do you want with Buratima Deftans? Just to introduce myself and make a good impression, mostly. I think you have made a good impression. It is good to see someone who is behaving like a person. Do people typically not behave like people at these things? I mean, they're all people here. They talk like people? Mm, many people talk like politicians. I thought politicians were people. Uh, debatable. <laughs> but that's just a personal opinion. Uh, the Araswati don't ha do not have much time for politicians. It is why we have guildmasters instead. Fair enough. I mean, I I know much about Araswati stuff from uh, Prisha. We are acquaintances i don't know should i be speaking like a person or not like a person because you said it was good to talk like a person but then they kind of look you up and down and they're like you are very lucky you talk to me never let them know that you are scared okay you smile and you lie through your teeth i know you don't have either before you say anything <laughs> yeah a lot of idioms are based around like organic body parts i've just kind of learned to accept that at this point yeah maybe you could invent some of your own Body parts? Oh, idiots. <laughs> they pinch their, like, the bridge of their nose. 
Oh no. And then they kind of laugh a little bit and look up at you and they're like, Anyway, you are one of the heroes of Yen Tao. You are at this dinner. Therefore, I should be expecting guns and explosions? I mean, I really hope not. We're trying to not be guns and explosions because it made like look fun from a distance, but then you're in it and it's just very intense mm. and messy. They glance around and they kind of look over towards Faraday and then they kind of go, I think we may be running out of time to have this conversation. One last thing. You are not a child. Pardon? I was told to expect a child when talking to you. You are not a child. It is interesting. It's been nice talking to you, Schlapp. And they glide away. Well, how did they glide? Were they wearing heelys? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's that thing where like people like they walk in such a way that like their head doesn't move. No, I I am here for Araswati dignitaries wearing heelys. <laughs> I'd be into that. I'm into that. I'm open to world building suggestions from my beloved friend. Eventually, Uliar taps his claws on his little flute of Acti again and pulls you through to a separate smaller chamber with plush, spongy orange walls and gets you all seated. I think you've probably expected this to be quite a fraught dinner, but it's weirdly comfortable, If, like, with the exception of Yorowal of the Appellant Empire, who is eating in frosty silence as various people make pointed looks at them. Corel is definitely one of those people. The soldier that came with Yorowal is standing behind Yorowal's chair and just looks at you straight back. I don't break eye contact. <laughs> <laughs> well, neither does she, so I guess they just stare at each other for a while. You whiz through various courses, dessert comes and goes, and with the plates empty and the lights dimming and the city, the rain-covered city outside darkening to dark black velvet, the dinner starts to come to a close. And as it does, Yorowal, roll me an insight check. Dirty 20. 28. I, um, I got 29. <laughs> 16, but I mean 28, oh Jesus. 17. Okay, well everybody in that case... As Yorowal stands, stands, you can see that he's nervous and his plates are quivering a little bit. And behind him, um, the soldier that came with him, Mawasek, she kind of squares her shoulders a bit more, obviously, like, kind of glares around the table, like, obviously readying herself a little bit. And he clears his throat and then he says, The celebration that you're holding tomorrow... Analau yet Kalas Takinat, the festival of new beginnings. Do you uh, know the story behind it? And Uliar kind of nods once, and Yorowal says, I obviously uh, expected that, sir, but if we're going to go into this and we're uh, going to try it, um, I'm going to tell it now for all of you. And he raises his glass. And then lowers it again and says, I know you all think we're heartless, but this is not true. The empire is shaped by love. And as he says that across the table, um, Velisi, the Pluene, 
she makes a kind of scoffing noise and knocks one of her forks and it makes such an uncomfortably loud clattering noise and he stops and he goes the empire is shaped by love and by the memory of love it's what holds us together even as our queens strain to be apart it is why we are here trying even as the rest of you look at us with anger he would want us to be here he would want us to try the power that our queens hold the ability to walk apart through the bodies of others and uh see their thoughts we call it etlau uh, the, the queen gift you call it compulsion and both of us are right the etlau unified us into uh, a single people and led us to the stars it made our best qualities better but he says as Valisi like kind of shoves her chair back a bit almost like she's going to move away from the table he says but it also made our worst qualities worse our queens became crueler they competed and killed and the rest of us were caught between their teeth Theresial he was the one who ended it he was given away as a toy and as an amusement something to laugh at between the fights but his queen didn't laugh she listened to him she listened to him and she loved him and then she listened to others and millennia of misery and finally we were heard the festival of new beginnings he says kind of picking up his pace a bit celebrates the new era that began when Anaset took the mantle of archqueen from her mother Ifet the cruel I understand to the rest of the galaxy our ways are strange, and that our empire's journey away from violence has been slow, too slow for the honourable Volisi and her people. But we are, we are working on it. And then he kind of still standing there holding his glass, like you can tell with your previous insight roll that he's kind of hoping people will join him in the toast. Corel wants to make an insight check on Ulial. Yes, go ahead. Twenty-two. Ulial is staring at the side of Yoroal's face. And I think there's something... I think only you can probably... I think only you could tell this, Corel, but there is something kind of vulnerable in his expression. Like, he knows Yoroal's being naive, but he's also hopeful that things might change because they changed before. Ulial starts to lift his glass, but then Vulisi stands... And she puts her hands down on the table and makes her plate rattle. And she says, If you truly care about righting wrongs and being seen as not heartless, then I say it's too little too late. My people lost everything to you. Do you teach about what you did? Or are these pretty words for this fancy dinner? What do you really think behind closed doors? And she starts to sit down and like kind of turn her head to the side and Yoroel like lowers his glass. But before he can sit down, um, Mawaset grabs his shoulder and it's like a storm cloud has swept into the room. Mawaset says in a very different voice, I think about it every day. Lucy looks up and says, excuse me? Everybody else there is there staring at the soldier with like dawning realization on their faces and Ulial at the head of the table has gone very still. I just want to read the room to see 
who isn't as surprised by this? Ooh, that's a good question. Go ahead. 28. This might come as a bit of a surprise, but everyone in the room was not expecting this. Even Yorowal. Oh, interesting. Yorowal himself is there looking like rattling in place now. He was not expecting this to happen. And then Mamasek releases Yorowal's shoulder and kind of lets him drop into his seat and looks around at you all and says, I am not a guest at this dinner, but I am not a fool. Why are we really here? Lorelei picks up her cloak, puts it on, grabs her star map and begins to project the entire galaxy out Ooh. into the room. Friday will take out the two skulls, two really skulls. That you got from the silo! Yeah, and put them either side of her dessert plate. I don't think she's going to like explain, because things are very tense. And then I'm going to cast Speak with Dead on the first skull. One of them is slightly bigger than the other. Do they, do they float at all when they're doing this? <laughs> we are going full into the flavor. But I just want to I want to know which one she picks because it will it does matter. The smaller one. Cool. Um, so I'm going to cast Silent Image, but I am going to use Meta Magic on it, subtle spell, so that it doesn't use any verbal or somatic components. So no one sees me the fact I'm doing this spell. Um, and I kind of make it look like uh, to really because I had an idea of what they look like from the holograms and such. And like I can make it move while it's doing things. Lorelei causes the galaxy to appear above your heads. Faraday casts Speak with Dead on the smaller skull, and Schlurp causes the skull to rise into the air and then have this kind of spectral form flicker into place around it. And Craig sips his tea, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is going to be a show. The skull moves towards the center of the table, uh, trailing like luminous green smoke in its wake. And then the skull's spectral body kind of twitches and rising from beneath Schlurp's spell, you can see a more genuine presence appearing behind its eyes and around its face, like more expressiveness, if that makes sense. Who are you? The Terilli skull judders unnervingly in place. It says, Tifasi of the Terilli, of the last holder. And who were the Terilli allied with? We were allied with the Crotal, with the Daisha, with the Gilotea. We were allied with the Pongman until they broke the contract. And who were you up against? We faced the World Eater, the one who flames, the one who destroys all. We faced them over many years, and many worlds, and many stars. And how many of you died? All of us. I feel this is evidence enough. We have one more question for this person, and five for the next. Are we going to stand here bickering, or are we going to come together to work out what it is we want to ask? Hey, it's Paige Dolby Evans, your Game Master, host, and resident dog person. I just wanted to say that the Junket podcast wouldn't be possible without the talents of the lovely people behind the characters. That's my wife Leonie as Dr. Faraday Zenith Lewis, Duncan as Corel, Elle as Captain Mitchell Crick, Shona as Schlurp, and Jess as Lorelei Wide Wanderer. 
Our show is powered by a modified version of Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition. To learn about the custom rulings, mechanics, and aliens that make our game possible, you can visit our website, thejunkitpodcast.com, or just ask us on Twitter at thejunkitpod. Lastly, if you're both willing and able, you can support the show over on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash thejunkitpodcast. That's all from me. See you in a fortnight.